was just so lovely. I just wanted to keep listening to it. Yeah, I don't mind. There's something it. about a live performance that you never, uh, That's right. you forget, especially yeah. in this age of corona. Yeah. Welcome to the All the Books show, the official podcast of the David A. Howe Public Library, where we talk book news, author news, and literary news. I'm Eric Mickles. I'm Nick Gunning, and today, as is tradition, every time we record the episode that's going to pop on Eric's birthday, we have a special <gasps> guest. So today we have Ben Lehman with us. That's ben, why he's hello, here. everyone. Glad ben, how's it going? Good. Happy What's up? Happy pre-birthday. Yeah. Thanks. We uh, now it's just me and Ben like riffing. We're not even recording anymore. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, were you surprised when that soothing uh, live guitar started, Eric? Yeah, it, it, yeah. I was like, oh, maybe uh, maybe Ben sent him a. A sweet, more uh, coffee house, something a bit more garden state. Yeah, I liked that. <laughs> I did. So, yeah. I did. Actually, I actually, I do have a more coffee house version of that theme song, just tucked <laughs> in my back pocket, just in case. Just in case, yeah. And in case we ever do a live recording of this show in a coffee house, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, Ben's there absolutely. to play the music. Ben, it's always forever uh, allowed in public again. Yeah, right. Of course. <laughs> I mean, we, you uh, won't be. <laughs> We always talk about, Ben, how much we love the music, and it's always fun when we're doing something that, like, if we get to use the Through the Ages theme or, like, the awards yeah. theme, it's always fun because those are the ones we get to hear, like, the least amount. So it's always like, yes, we get to play that theme we don't get to play very often. Mm-hmm. So yeah. exciting ben, times. Ben, can you play the, uh, can you play, like, jazz drums? Because <laughs> <laughs> that'd be sweet if I, we were at the coffee house just doing it, and you're just in the back just like... Oh, if only, if only. My son, like this is, I'm not making this up. My son genuinely loves the music for this podcast. And I'll just like hear him in his room, like reading or something. And he'll be like, book, 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 book. Or he's just like humming the opening theme or something. Like for him, it's just like, those are just theme songs too. Yeah. That's the cutest. Anyway, today, Eric's been wanting to talk about books that we've given one star to. So that's going to be our topic today. We're pouring through the All the Books archives here to find some of the books that we read that just didn't work for us. So we're going to we're going to be focusing on some one star reviews. And it's quite maddening to see some of the four star reviews on these books. I know. I know. You have to kind of wonder. So it's interesting. Ben, you're prepared with some one star books, I assume. Ooh. Um, I have a few, but here's the thing. Okay. I went through my entire Goodreads yeah. and I discovered that there was literally one thing that I'd even ever gave one star to. Okay. Um and it's it wasn't well, don't even tell us something yet, but okay. Yeah, no, no. It's it's under wraps, but it wasn't even something that I finished. So like I think <laughs> I think for me, like, it's hard to just part of the reason that I love books so much is because it's something that you can do at your own pace kind of thing. And yeah. I have no qualms with just dropping something if I'm not enjoying it. Mm, so yeah. the, the the odds of, I don't know, I have a couple of two stars, but yeah, it's there are it's not fun. a lot of books that I have not finished. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's really this job that I think has allowed me like the freedom to drop some books because, mm. you know, I just I try to read the things that I like. I try to read the library mm-hmm. book club books and I try to read the things that are like, you know, the, the most popular things that everybody's talking about. Uh, and so I just don't have the luxury of committing to like, OK, another 300 pages of a book I despise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so I, in recent years, I've been able to do it. But every time it feels like a failure to stop mm-hmm. a book in the middle. It's really hard for me to do. Yeah. But yeah. All, all of this gold is for the segment. We shouldn't be talking about this right now. <laughs> Especially yeah. when we have another sick theme to hear live. Ben, let's do some bookmark. Bookmark. I love it. That, that one had a very Blue's Clues vibe to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It does in general. Yeah. 
That's true. I think we can say. That's true. Here's the <laughs> mail. It never fails. Yeah. All right. Well, Ben, you're our guest. You want to tell us something that you've been reading lately. I've been in somewhat of a book rut yeah. um, recently. I've had Understood. like five. I had like five false starts on books okay. um, uh-huh. you know, in in recent times. The library was. Uh, the, the local library here was finally like, okay, you need to return the books that you haven't, you've had for the <laughs> yeah. past five months. So most recently, I just read um, on recommendation the um, children's book, The Willoughbys, um, which I did enjoy. And then I just started The Goldfinch. Oh, I um, love so The Goldfinch. Yeah, I have all these grand plans of finally getting through some of my backlog. So I have two whole shelves of mostly books I haven't read, that all of which I own, so finally kind of try and uh, crack through those but yeah i'm i'm only a few chapters into the goldfinch but yeah i'm i'm actually like i'm in already yeah like i'm enjoying it yeah it's so. i mean it's a long haul that book i mean you, uh-huh. i feel like that book is uh, it's on like super thin pages and super small print so I, it's, it's even mm-hmm. longer than it looks like but <laughs> which yeah <laughs> So I thought it was like some sort of an epistolary novel. And so I thought like, oh, it'll move briskly, yeah. that kind of thing. But then I opened it and I was like, oh, maybe not. Yeah. Uh, but The Willoughby's was a really, really quick read. Um, Lois Lowry read it in two sittings. Um, and it's really, really quite charming. Um, so I would recommend that. Okay. Other than that, the last book probably that I finish before that was a YA book called Bone Gap by Laura Ruby mm-hmm. um, and yeah. I actually really enjoyed that that's um, a uh, a dark kind of depressing read uh, in some ways um, mm-hmm. there is definitely a darkness to it um, but it had some uh, magical realism elements that I was not expecting at all and so it depends on whether or not you're into that kind of thing I am but like there are sections of the book that I feel like don't really make sense because it's magic um (laughs) but i really enjoyed that one um i found it to be better written than a lot of (laughs) YA books i've read nice yeah it's been um, i mean i hear you on the book drought we've both been talking about how like it's just been hard to sit down and commit to anything so i feel like i've read more like star trek star wars or like super light mysteries in the last like six mm -hmm. months than i have like in my whole life combined yeah, because you know, when this like, first thing, uh, you know, when it all started, I wasn't binging or watching anything because I was like, I got stuff to do. I, I got time. I'm going to do this. Yeah. And I don't know where when the switch was. It was back when I was watching like two Criterion Channel movies a night, I guess, where my brain was just like, no, life sucks. Everything's terrible. Just sit on the couch. <laughs> yeah. Just sit on the couch and turn your brain off. Yeah. It hasn't uh, translated into like a lot of reading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When it comes so. to sitting on the couch and turning your brain off, uh, may I suggest Netflix's Unsolved Mysteries, which uh, oh. my wife and I just finished the, all, I think it's six episodes in this first volume. Uh, we had a great time mm-hmm. with all of them. Like they're, they're, yeah. they're engaging and they're interesting. And, you know, it's like a one and done kind of thing. So, you know, if you're not in the zone for like long term storytelling, uh, we had a good time with them. The, the, yeah. Those are I, on there now. My wife watched through it. Yeah. So and she was like, they're talking about Sheffield. Yeah, one of them. They're talking I know. about the Berkshires where you lived. Yeah. And I was like, about what? <laughs> and it was the bridge. And I'm like, oh, I yeah. used to walk over that bridge all the time. As soon as that episode started, I was like texting Eric being like, wait a minute. Do you know about this? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I didn't know so. about this thing, but like, it's just kind of funny because I'm like, oh, yeah, that's where I would take the dog and we would walk over the bridge or I would just go for a walk listening to her podcast or my iPod. Yep. Never really thought about that. Yeah, well. You could have been abducted by aliens. 
Uh, what, what about you, Eric? What, what's on your list lately? I mean, I'm still reading uh, The Fires of Heaven, so I feel bad for longtime listeners because it's just me constantly saying I'm still reading The Fires of Heaven. Sure. Comic book-wise, Aurora Before the Storm, which yeah. is a, uh, a Storm origin comic. It was written as a Marvel Digest, kids-focused, uh, though maybe not even kids-focused, maybe a little bit older at the time as well, because it was kind of chasing... Uh, a younger audience, a non-continuity-based audience, yeah. and kind of like the manga audience as well with a lot of their art and styling. This one is fun. It's uh, it's not required reading, but it's a fun read, and it's also, uh, like, it would be a, uh, a fun book to read as a kid, I think. So, yeah, anybody's looking for a kid's book about Storm, it focuses on Storm when she's a child and she's a thief in the streets of Cairo. Okay. And I also read Yusagi Yojimbo, Volume 26, by Stan Sakai. And I also read uh, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, at least the first four issues that are collected in this, like, 1989 hardcover uh, trade that I was gifted by my wife, uh, either for her birthday or for Christmas. It's just, yeah, it's pulpy. They've got Cadillacs. It's the far future. Humanity's basically been wiped out, but they're still there. Uh, technology's not really dead. Dinosaurs are back, but so are, like, prehistoric mammals. So sometimes there's mammoths and saber-toothed tigers. It's a good time. Okay. Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. Sounds Or fine. Xenozoic as okay. it's sometimes called. All right. Yeah, those are what I read alongside some New Mutant comics that I'll talk more next time. And uh, The Fires of Heaven. Okay. Uh, I, I finished some random things. So okay. we're pretty well stocked with the modern Archie comics over in the YA graphic novel section. Uh, yes. And I just read the most recent volume that came out called Archie and Sabrina, which is by uh, Nick Spencer and Mirko Tamaki. Uh, Mirko Tamaki wrote uh, Being Super, a Supergirl graphic novel that I loved. But uh, this was really good. I'm, I've been a fan of this series all along. I was a little on the fence when they were like rebooting it already. But it's two volumes in, and I'm still having a good time, so I can't complain. Mm-hmm. I read Captain's Daughter by Peter David. This is a Star Trek book that I checked out pre-corona and just now got around to reading. Pretty good. It, fi- it tells the background on Sulu's daughter, a character that you only see briefly in Star Trek Generation. So it was kind of cool to fill in. Uh, a spot in Star Trek that doesn't really get any play. It was kind of a neat generation. How old would she be in like next gen era? Uh, boy, that's that's a long gap. I mean, okay, to, yeah, you know, a hundred. I feel like I never, I never understand how long the gap is between yeah, uh, last like Kirk story and uh, mm-hmm. next gen starting. Yeah, it's it's a pretty wide gap there. But right. I mean, a hundred years, something like that. And Scotty's still alive to no, be in an no. episode? No, Scotty was trapped in a transporter buffer for like 70 years. And they okay. like beam. <laughs> hey, you asked. I wasn't going to bring it up. Uh, finally, I read a collection by A.A. A. Milne, best known for his Pooh stories. This is was called When We Were Very Young and Now We Are Six. And this is, it's put out there like it's Winnie the Pooh books three and four. And it's really just two collections of poetry that only vaguely deal with winnie the pooh uh mm-hmm. for some reason my son is on a huge winnie the pooh kick and i think it's because i gave him a bunch of kids records in my old record player and i had some winnie the pooh records in there and he's listened huh? to those non-stop i don't know why he's so transfixed by him but he is yeah. so we listen to this as an audiobook it's available on overdrive we listened to it in the car uh on a road trip and uh we had a good time it was just such a peaceful and pleasant collection of slow burn british wit and folksiness mm-hmm. that it was nice. It was a it was a peaceful way to pass uh, the drive in the car. Uh, I think my favorite Pooh book was uh, number two. Have you actually read the the Milne Pooh books? 
No, I that was a oh, I, oh number sorry. two is my favorite. I'm sorry, it was that was so lowbrow. Incredibly that was, tasteful. That I was looking a whole flight of stairs above that joke, and I totally missed it. Sorry, uh, that's all right. No, it's all right. Thanks for bringing us down. Uh, I, I'm currently reading Night and Day, which is a Jesse Stone book by Robert B. Parker. And I finally isn't Tom Cruise. No, but I did like oh. that movie, and I'll defend it. Finally, I got my copy of Camino Winds by John Grisham. You so did it! I did it. This is the <laughs> sequel to Camino Island that came out a couple years ago, and this is about a, a you know a little place down in Florida that gets hit by a crazy hurricane, and while the hurricane's going on, a murder happens, so all the evidence is off, and it's good. I'm really liking it. I'm really liking it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you how that all goes in the end. But that's it for me as far as uh, bookmark watching and, and reading i already uh-huh. mentioned unsolved mysteries so mm-hmm. you know yeah. what are you gonna do i've, I've been there though, i guess though we did after that we just started the innocent man which is a a docuseries based on john grisham's only nonfiction book of the same name oh. interesting start darker than mm-hmm. i was expecting it to be but it's uh, the first episode is pretty compelling so uh, that's that's what we're up to. Let's move on. You know on. what docu docu series I just started? Is this another poop joke? Because I just don't <laughs> think okay. it was, but I won't do it now. Oh wow! I appreciate your restraint. Uh, let's move into some book news, Ben. Look into the future to see what it proves. It's time for book news. That's yes, it's brand new debut. Yeah, debut. That's sweet. A new Couple. jingle. Wow. Yeah, Ben, I liked it. First of all, was that a ukulele you were on? It was a ukulele. Wow. I, Jack of I told trades. you I came prepared, do you sort have, of, after the... <laughs> you're probably going to laugh at this joke, but do you have, like, music that's available online if people want to go and, like, listen to your music? Nope. No, nope, I do not. Just, I, just yeah. the All the Book Show. I have a SoundCloud somewhere, but I do not uh, post well, publicly. I mean, so. in, in all sincerity, I feel like these are so good. They're all... All the themes you do, they're just so different, and they're cool, and we really appreciate them. So thanks for thanks for doing that, and I'm excited to put a new one in the mix. What was the last edition? Bookmark, I guess, right? Bookmark. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, and that Eric, right. see, Eric pulled a fast one on me there, because he didn't tell me that you sent it to him, and it just started showing up in episodes. Yeah, so, it took him forever to... He was behind. So I know, I was behind. Yeah, I was yeah. behind. So he, Eric kept waiting for me to say something, and finally I caught up to it and was like, Hey! Uh, here yeah okay awesome well i'm looking forward to adding that uh in the future i had a few Mm -hmm. things i wanted to mention book news wise before we get into the uh new york times bestseller list uh just two quick things first apple has greenlit a series uh based on lauren buke's book shining girls uh it's set Mm. to star elizabeth moss who's just coming off of um of the margaret atwood thing invisible man Hand, well, yes, but I was thinking Handmaid's Tale. Oh, yeah. But, sure. uh, so that's that's coming to Apple, Shining Girls, if you're a fan of that book. And also, yep. uh, HBO is turning uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates' Between the World and Me, mm-hmm. which which has already been a stage play. Now they're turning it into a TV special. So if you're a fan right. of that collection, uh, that's going to be out there, too. So you can keep an eye out for those things. Trailer-wise, same services. Apple released a uh, trailer for the Foundation series they're doing. Oh, okay. Based off of the Isaac Asimov series. Uh, I've read the first three of those books. I still need to read Foundation's Edge. The fourth one is the one that won the Hugo. Yep. I don't know what this will look like because those that's a weird series. So we'll see. David S. Goyer is involved. So I don't have high hopes because he is, he's not great. So, okay. But I guess the, your, your mileage might vary on how much you enjoyed the movie Jumper. <laughs> oh, like that Hayden Christensen thing? Yes. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah, that was... Not, not or, stellar. for, that was for some of us who, who 
who who still care about about past hurts, uh, Blade Trinity. Oh, <laughs> killed the franchise. Yeah, it's yeah, probably that not really, all that his left fault, an impact but, on you as well. Yeah, it sure did. Um, so we'll see. But also, HBO released a trailer for their upcoming series of Lovecraft Country. Okay. Which That's was the, the book that I had read. That was in it's, the early days of this podcast. It, it's dealing with like the Jim Crow America era of uh, racial tensions uh, with the Lovecraft kind of supernatural vibe, yeah. like haunted houses and spirits from the beyond and everything. It, it, it was good. It, the, I didn't realize what kind of book it was when I was starting because I thought it was just going to be one story, but it's a lot of like short stories that all kind of lead to an end. Like you're just reading all these different tales yeah. uh, throughout. Interesting. But yeah, it's good. Um, all right. Well, hold on. Best- hold on. Hold on. Just, just in one more bit of, I mean, this is more sad news than book news, but uh, the passing of John Lewis, long time oh, yeah. uh, civil rights activist, right there really at the start of things, right with Martin Luther King Jr. And of course, uh, serving in the House of Representatives for Georgia, just recently passed away. And his three-volume autobiography, really in graphic novel form, March, volumes one, two, and three, uh, is just, it's an exceptional piece of work. I mean, it really takes some truly horrific times and distills them in a way that I feel like the graphic novel format, the the way that they utilize this, just the imagery and and the the muted colors and the kind of storytelling they're, they're able to tell makes an already chilling story, I mean, just that much more real. And so uh, if you haven't read these, we have them in our collection. And actually, uh, at the start of the summer reading program, uh, Kate and I purchased copies of these to give out to all the um, the, the junior and teen uh, participants in the summer reading program. So everybody got a free copy of March at the start of the summer reading program, and there are still some left. So if you have a, a kid or if you happen to be a teenager listening to a library podcast, you know, we applaud you. <laughs> but uh, stop in and sign up for the summer reading program. You can get a free copy of John Lewis's March, the first volume. And we, of course, have the rest in the system. But uh, an excellent work. You've read these, Eric, right? Yeah, they're they're good. You should definitely uh, check them out. And they're definitely standard recommendations now oh, yeah. uh, for YA librarians in general. Now yeah. when it comes to like graphic novels, they, they've joined the ranks of stuff like Mouse and Persepolis. Absolutely. Uh, in those types of easy-to-recommend autobiography graphics. Absolutely. It really speaks to the power of the, of the graphic novel format, too, and, and the way it can bring different things out of a story maybe a story that you've heard before but but seeing it in that way i feel like is these books are just very effective at conveying what they mean to convey so mm-hmm. hope you can check those out uh all right let's let's go ahead now and take a look at the new york times bestseller list Oop, boop, boop. all right here we huh. go uh number so new york times bestsellers list the combined print and ebook fiction hit me uh Number 10 is Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste N.G., an artist that pens a quiet town outside Cleveland. Number 9, The Guardians by John Grisham, Colin Post, a lawyer and Episcopal minister, antagonizes some ruthless killers when he takes on a wrongfully a wrongful conviction case. Number 8 is A Walk Along the Beach. It's brand new. It's by Debbie McCumber. After dealing with loss and setbacks, two sisters take risks on dreams and love. So that's good. Yeah. They didn't let the the setbacks define them. Sure. So. Uh, number seven, Sex and Vanity by Kevin Kwan. A nod to A Room with a View in which Lucy Tang Churchill is torn between her waspy billionaire fiancé and a privileged hunk born in Hong Kong. Again, Kevin Kwan, uh, author of the Crazy Rich Asians series. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six, The Guest List by Lucy Foley. 
Uh, a wedding between a TV star and a magazine publisher on an island off the coast of Ireland turns deadly. I think my wife just got a copy of this book. Okay. Number five, Where the Crawdads Sing, is by Delia Owens in a quiet town on the North Carolina coast in 1969. And what young woman who survived alone in the marsh becomes a murder suspect? This must be the easiest thing for whoever makes this article. Mm-hmm. That they never have to change no. anything about Just that. Copy paste. Oh, I had a cool ranch Dorito, and it is, it's it's rough right now. Hold it's on, coming please, up. please don't brag about having cool ranch Doritos when you don't have any for me or Ben. I'm sorry. Jerk. Number four, Twenty Eight Summers by Ellen Hildebrand, a relationship that started in 1993 between Malaroy Blessing and Jake McLeod. McLeod comes to light while she is on her deathbed, and his wife runs for president. Right, I remember that no. one. One eye. Okay, again, did we already talk about this? We do the guest list on yeah. the island. Right. Then there were none situation. Yeah. But it's the 28 summers. Yes. 28 yes. women, all named summer. Yes, we have. We have shop workshop right. that book. Yeah. Yes. The hunger summers. Yeah. Be yeah. good. Number three, The Vanishing Half. Uh, by Britt Bennett, the lives of twin sisters who run away from a southern black community at age 16 diverge as one returns and the other takes on a different racial identity, but their fates intertwine. Okay. Oh, wow. Look who's back here. Number two, Peace Talks by Jim Butcher. Oh. The 16th book in the Dresden Files wow. series. Okay. Chicago's only professional wizard tries to keep the peace during a summit of the supernatural nations of the world. Okay. Well, that sounds fun. Yeah, it does. Maybe I ought to give... These uh, these Jim Butcher books, uh, a a, a relook, yeah, a relook, a look see, a relook see, a, a first look. You you abandoned the first book midway that, through. You know, we were talking about books that we gave up halfway through. Yeah. That was it. This but again, came, this came up on the fantasy episode yeah. as well because it was as close yeah. as I could get. Yeah, again, I was just in a bad place at a bad time. You were. It's not so. Jim Butcher's fault. It's not his fault. It's not Jim Butcher's uh, fault. Number one, The Order by Daniel Silv. Oh no. By Danielle. Nope. It's Daniel. by Daniel. He's a man. right the first yep. time. Uh, by Daniel, Daniel Silva. Okay. The 20th book in the Gabriel Allen series. Wow. The art storer and spy cuts his family vacation short to investigate whether Pope Paul VII was murdered. I'll tell you what. Daniel Silva is a dark horse in this race here for the New York Times bestseller list because I never think about him as somebody who's and like. And he just shows up. Uh, yeah. It's just like, I, I wouldn't, like, Beldachi, Patterson, you know, Grisham, King, like, all of those, sure, of course. Daniel Silva, I think of more as, like, something that you'd get, like, on a spinner rack in a pharmacy and paperback, you know? Mm-hmm. But every time. So, yeah. you know, good for you, Daniel Silva. Good for you. Hats off. Uh, I mean, it helps that, uh, you know, it's the, what number did I say it was? 28 20, or something? 20th? Yeah, it's a high, high number. Yep. Okay. Was that number one? Uh, that was number one. Okay. He's number one. Uh, oh, Ben, I should have asked you to prepare a one-star book review special segment for a one-time use only. <laughs> Can you just give me a little strumming real quick? Uh, let's see here. It is with the A minor. Nice. One-star reviews. Okay, let's do it. All right, so yeah, this was one that Eric and I have been kicking around for a couple weeks now. You, I feel like you just randomly texted me, like you sat bolt up in the middle of the night and just texted <laughs> me, one-star reviews, and then went right back. You know what sleep. I was doing? I went on Goodreads, and uh, I was trying to find something about a book I had read, and I had mixed up my rating system. Oh. Uh, or maybe that was it. I was like in the, my X-Men folder or something. I was looking at bad reviews or good reviews, and the thing had been set to ascending. Oh. Uh so all my one-star reviews <laughs> right. were at the top. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. 
Yeah. I hated these books. Yeah, that happens. That happens. So mm-hmm. I, I went through and, uh, I mean, Ben said he only had one that he legitimately put as a one star. I had a lot mm-hmm. more. So I think I'm just a meaner person at my core than Ben. <laughs> Um, yeah, one stars are not something that I give out lightly. Yeah. I, I'm more often to give out a two star because at least I want to say like they put in the effort. Uh, I, but sometimes I, I just you. hate something so much. I know. Yeah, I know. So, so. Eric, I just want to get off the bat. Two of them here. Uh, we don't have to talk about them a ton because I think you and I are going to agree on these. They're ones that we read while on the job. The first one, Artemis by Andy Weir. Artemis is on my list. Oh, uh, my ben, gosh. did you ever read The Martian? <laughs> I did not. I only oh. saw the movie. Oh, well, then you read The Martian. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is for sure. That's that's kind of what I heard. So yeah, I don't just. It's yeah. one or the other. Well, Artemis like. is uh, Andy Weir's like follow up, not a sequel, just a, a new original story about. And this is this is the thing that it was sold as. It's a heist on the moon, right? Which sounds like an easy an easy win. Yeah. It was absolute crap. Yes. And and again, I've, every time this comes up, I have to mention, I have to remind everybody just how much, I think we both, Eric, loved The Martian. We're so um, excited for this. It's just an excellent, The Martian is an excellent book. I mean, start to finish, I feel like that book is as close to flawless as you can get with that kind of thing. It's just, it's so much fun to read. It's such a good story. Artemis, I... If this if if this were a situation where we had to say three nice things about Artemis, I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could even come up mm-hmm. with one. Because Gosh, I yeah, I'm glad there's book, no three nice things books edition. I just thought this book was just a failure from start to finish. That's so mean. Uh, that's true. That's how I felt. My wife, uh, she listened to it, and she also gave this a one star on Goodreads. So Kendra on Goodreads says, "Yeesh! If I had a dollar for every time I cringed or rolled my eyes during this book, I'd be quite rich." Yeah. Yeah, so, it's true, too, because uh, it's also... She's not a mean person. <laughs> she's not, no. This is written from a woman's perspective, unlike uh, The Martian. And it's one of those books where it was like... I feel like every other chapter should be like, well, because I'm a woman, or like, as a woman, I... And I'm like, dude, just... At one point, she says... Uh, at one point, the character Jazz says, I giggled like a girl, but it's okay, because I am a girl. Yes, that kind and of it's just crap. like, who, oh, God. who says this, period? I... <laughs> Ah, this this isn't not just how like a woman would speak. This isn't how a human would speak. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yes, it was, and it turned out that the the heist of this this whole moon heist happened at like the third of the book, yeah. and then dealt with like the fallout. It was just really dull, and anything that you wanted that you enjoyed from the Martian was not there. All like the te- I wanted like a hard sci fi look at what it would like to what it would be like to live on the moon the same way he did with the Martian. Not like that at all. And it, But then what he was offered is not yeah. appeasement at all. This well, that's, was, that's it was the, bad. That's the thing. That's a real problem with it because like it is supposed to be a sci-fi novel. It's supposed to be a heist mm-hmm. novel and it's supposed to be a character piece. And if it would have even nailed one of those, it might have it might have squeaked by as being like, no, that wasn't very good. But I liked this one part. But no, it was a terrible sci-fi novel. Like yeah. you said, it didn't it didn't manage to get any of the technical stuff that The Martian got so so easily and so fluently. Mm-hmm. The heist was terrible. I mean, it was it, like you said, it's garbage. it's a non-issue, and it, the characters this, were just horrible. It felt rushed and it poorly planned and also like maybe he's not that good of a writer maybe the martian was a fluke so whatever he's writing for book three he uh he better improve yeah 
So because yeah. this this is not a uh, this was not good. Artemis was an unpleasant read and one that I got tired of real early on, Me and too. I just kept trudging. Me too. Well, it was a book club. It was a sci-fi yeah. book club pick, so we kind of had to read it. <laughs> so that's one that we both share. And the second one that we both share that I would say is likely on both of our lists is The Institute by Stephen King. Oh, you know what though? What? I think I gave that baby a two star. Did you? I sure did. Wow. Because it had moments that I, I don't know, that I was like, okay, yeah, I gave it a two star. Yes, I mean, I agree with you in that I liked, like, the opening with the Night Knocker in the small town before we got into the Institute part of it. The the prelude, I was kind of like, yeah, okay, I'm interested in this. But I just hated the, the body of this book so much that I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you familiar with this book at all, Ben? <clears throat> no, only Katie only Kate. from what you guys have uh, yeah, talked it's, about. I mean, we have Actually, a, yeah. We have a whole when... episode about this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it did. It did come to mind, like knowing that this was going to be talked about in this episode beforehand. But yeah, I don't know anything about the book other than like yeah. It's I mean, it's it's such a piece of cliched work where a bunch of kids are like in an institute and there's like these bad guys coming after them, and it is just laborious to get through. I I Mm -hmm. hated it. I hated it. You know what though? It did give when we had to talk about it on this podcast specifically on the New York Times bestsellers list, it did give me a lot of fun Mr. Sinister from the X-Men rips. Mm, yeah. So I yeah. do appreciate it for that. Maybe that's, that's what the, the star that's came the, from. Yeah, that's the extra star. Those were yeah, fun yeah. for you. I remember yes. that. <laughs> <laughs> Genetics. <laughs> All right, Ben, you want to give us one of yours? I'll just go with my one star, The probably the one that I don't... Maybe the most controversial, maybe. I don't know. Okay, um, the, the only one star I've given on Goodreads um, was to League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the graphic novel, oh. Alan Moore. Yeah. Okay. You and Sean um, Connery both gave that one a thumbs down. <laughs> Just because it felt like it should have been a lot cooler than it was. And sure like, did, right. All these, yeah, no like, kidding. Yeah. Uh, you know, famous uh, characters from literature banding together, but yeah. there's not really anything interesting done with these archetypes. There's some shadowy organization that's pulling the strings. It's nothing you haven't seen a million times before. There wasn't really anything to root for. Like, it just wasn't fun. And then yeah. finally, I, I ended up dropping it because it just was downright uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> There's some pretty um, oh, disturbing so material. Alan comic. <laughs> that yep, you're not wrong. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I was I was pretty put off by that. The the one merit I would say it has is that I did enjoy the art, but mm. it wasn't enough. He's not wrong. And the, the other thing about it too is that in in the comic, and maybe this is just part of like the superhero reader of me is that like the characters don't actually do anything that saves the day it seems like everything fails and not be like whatever plan they're trying to stop fails and not necessarily because they did anything because they're just like it's the invisible man it's you know it's alan Mm -hmm. quarterman so they don't really do anything at one point things are exploding and they're just in a balloon i don't know it's just it as as bad as some people find the movie to be the movie finds a lot of the fun in that concept. And maybe because it like superhero eyes this story that Alan Moore didn't really mean to make it to a superhero mm-hmm. story. Yeah. But when you pitch that concept, it is a little bit more exciting in the movie than in this. Yeah. See, it's too bad because I, I love Alan Quartermain, his uh, like mm-hmm. H. Ryder Haggard's Alan Quartermain stories, like King Solomon's mine or Marie. Uh, mm-hmm. and those are so good. And uh, yeah, yeah was, he's so old in this. I was disappointed to hear that this was bad. I'm seeing on Goodreads here that when Ben gave it one stars, Eric, your response was, I doubt my three stars would survive a rereading of this. 
<laughs> yeah, it's true. So, I, that's because that. I had read the sequel and gave that a two star, and I was just like, I don't like it. It was dealing with them dealing with the War of the Worlds. Okay. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. It, it's not great, but people seem to really like it. Don't know what to say on that one. And it's funny, though, when Alan Moore complains about DC using his Watchmen characters and other things. He's like, I just wish they wouldn't use my characters. You know, they're my characters and stuff. It's like, well, you wrote an entire book using other people's right. characters. Yeah. So, you know, relax a little yeah. bit, Alan Moore. Chill it. Chill it out. But All right. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. If I say that too loud, he'll cast a spell on me. He might. <laughs> All right, Eric, what's on your list? What do you got? All right, here's a book that we did both read, Nick, and I know you didn't give this one star. I sure did. It's The Woman in Cabin 10 by Ruth Ware. Oh, what a yeah. stupid, stupid, stupid book. I hated this character There's so a body. much. <laughs> I heard a body I mean, fall yeah. into the ocean. I'm drunk. We, I just, <laughs> everything about it, I just didn't like the character at all, which I know, like, this, this genre doesn't create like likable leads because mm-hmm. they're usually in this genre you have to they have to have some sort of addiction and unpleasant personality but like i remember just reading those one sentence things like wait what huh okay let i it just it, the writing style drove me crazy the mystery i found not involving but then i'm not like a mystery reader i just but like as much as i found the girl on the train unpleasant because of how dark it was. I didn't find the woman in cabin tent to have any of that, any of that pathos or any of that darkness. It just felt like a cheap cash grab that was written very quickly, or maybe had been written years ago and was pulled out of the writing bin. I don't know. I didn't like it. I gave it one star woman in cabin 10, more like the woman in cabin one star. Huh? I didn't see where you were going to go there, but. (laughs) Okay. Yes, you know, I we we made fun of this for so long when it was on the uh, when it was on the synopsis, and we did eventually do it for a book club in the library because we were having we were doing a book club there where we were reading sort of all the hot mysteries that were coming out, and this was very much in the wake of um, the girl on the train and that sort of thing, and I think it's pretty inescapable that it feels like a. a I don't know a lesser copy of that which uh, the girl on the train wow. did so well. Uh huh. Um. I, I remember I gave this three stars and not because I thought it was particularly good, but I felt like there was enough there that I at least wanted to know what was going on. And it was a quick read. So unlike Artemis or something like that, I was able to pound through this pretty easily. Um, I find that the, Ruth, where I've read three of her books and I find there always is a little bit of a looseness to keeping things together where it's like, you just have to sort of be okay with, with the premise. You know, you have to just be like, Okay, all right, that's what we're doing, that I accept that and move on. And if you can't do that, I don't think you're going to like her books. My favorite of the ones I read of hers was The Lion Game. I thought, mm-hmm. even though that has issues, um, I think it's the best that she has. But it's It was so bad, I wrote a full review on my blog about it. And, like, I was mean. I took a picture of the actual chapter where it says, I held my bro- breath, straining to hear. And then there was a splash. Not a small splash. No, this was a big splash. Right. The kind of splash made by a body hitting water. Sure, that kind of splash. <laughs> and yeah, it, I, it was because I, I even wrote down the things like the whole, uh, I could tell from the way the paragraphs would read like, so what? Oh God, how? See, that's annoying. It tells you nothing while acting like it's intense. It's not intense. It's stupid. So is this. What? What? So I was, I, I got a lot out when I wrote this blog. I, yeah. Anyway. Sound like I, you really worked through something I just, there. I, uh, 
mean tagline was, uh, I've said before, I don't love mysteries, but this is just bad literature. Mm. Wow. Anyway, Burn. that's my review. Okay. Gavin Ted. EricMickles.com. You can find some of my written <laughs> Hashtag shameless plug. Okay. <laughs> and the blog again, EricMickles.com. All right. All right. I'm just kidding, man. Yeah. All right. I So when I was going through, I was trying to find things that like, I was trying to be okay with the fact that I gave some pretty low reviews to some pretty highly acclaimed novels. Uh, so with that, may I present for your discussion, The Corrections by Jonathan Franzen. Mm-hmm. So keep in mind that this was the winner of the National Book Award for Fiction and was nominated for the National Books Critics Circle Award and was an ALA Notable Book Selection and was an Oprah's Book Club, something that Franzen was very appalled by and requested that that be removed. But this is a hard... Have you, have you read this, Ben? Um, it's one of the books that I dropped. Uh, I got several, okay. several chapters in, but yeah, it's yeah. very, very unpleasant. Have you read any of Franzen's books? No, no, I have not. See, Let's I just read... assume dropping the book is Ben's one star. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I had read his book Freedom first, and I loved it. I thought it was so good. Uh, and I was just like, I just burned right through that. And the corrections, you know, had come out earlier and was much more like lauded. And you know, everybody loved that book. So uh, I was excited to read it. And we did it for a book club at the library. But this was just unpleasant is the perfect word for it, Ben. I mean, it is just, I just couldn't see it. I couldn't see what it was that people love so much about this book. Because for me, I don't know if I don't know if you'd call it satire. If it was meant to be, I, th- I think it was meant to be sort of a critique on on societal norms and all that. But I, for me, I just felt like this is just unpleasant people doing unpleasant things, and I mm-hmm. can't bear it. You know, like, I just can't bear to uh, to continue. But I did push through because it was for a book club, and uh, it was it was a divisive one. It was like half and half. People either loved it or they hated it, and it seems like that's the majority of the reviews too. But I really, like I said, I really loved Freedom, and I really liked the book that came after this called Purity, uh, by also by Franzen. Uh, but the corrections for me was just one that was like, couldn't do, didn't like it at all. Uh, well, since Ben never finishes bad books, I'll talk about uh, one that people seem to love that I hated, and that was Cormac McCarthy's The Road. Oh. Okay. Well, I guess it averages a little under four stars. The writing style is all. It's just written. There's no dialogue breakers or anything. Okay. So that seemed to really have annoyed me. But yeah, I did not like this book. I was kind of, uh, I was real bummed by okay. it. Even. All right. Yeah, I don't know that anyone reads The Road for an uplifting experience. No, no. <laughs> I just found it to be like. You done got like Ben a, burned. Uh, <laughs> I found it as a slog to read. Like, it's just. I don't know what the journey was like what mm-hmm. other than like this father and son just living their day to day. And it's not even like interesting to day to day. All right. Well, I haven't read it, so I can't refute you. I don't know. Have you read that? I, one, ben? I have read the road. Oh. Um, and I, <laughs> did you have a, better oh, I can find it now. It? Ben gave it four stars. I did. Um, this is happening. The... <laughs> I did read it for a class, which probably um, skews my perspective a little mm. bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I also like all of the post-apocalyptic media I've generally seen in movies. Like I haven't, I have not, I've not really read a book quite like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I found that the way, the way there's no dialogue breaks helps it move a little bit quickly, more quickly. Um, it's definitely a very, 
it's definitely a trudge, um, but intentionally so. I, I definitely understand Eric's criticisms for sure. Like, <laughs> there's there's no way to like get through that book and then be like, oh yeah, you know, I really really enjoyed that. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to think about it a little more. But okay. yeah, you're just you know searching for um, any sort of meaning when there might not necessarily be any. And hmm. I guess yeah, that's de- definitely not for everyone. And this um, has been Point Counterpoint on the All the Book Show. <laughs> Crossfire. <laughs> uh, I guess, yeah, I'll go with a book that I, I don't think is on my Goodreads. I did finish it. Um, it's kind of low-hanging fruit, but um, I have read this book when I was in eighth grade, um, and it was kind of one of the first times that I read something and was like, this is bad. This is poorly written. This is a bad book. <laughs> Um, and it is called The Europa Conspiracy um, by Tim LaHaye and Bob Phillips. Tim LaHaye, of course, of Left Behind Left fame. Behind, which Eric and I uh, uh, book clubbed the first in that book many years ago. Yeah. Um, I never so, did that when I crashed a really nice car. Never got around that to book two. Yeah, yeah well, this is, this is book three of a series, which means that I read one and two and was okay enough with it to read the third one. Wow. <laughs> And it just, I, I honestly, I couldn't tell you that much about it at this point. The main character is cast as kind of a, a Christian version of Indiana Jones, where he's like searching for biblical artifacts um, to prove that the Bible is true. And uh, there's, a, again, a shadowy organization called the Seven. And there's a villain called Talon, who has a prosthetic finger that he kills people with. Um, Wait, the villain. Right, well, now I'm in. The villain is called the Seven. No, the there, there's, 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 there's a shadowy, shadowy organization called the Seven. That's like they're, they're the ones. I yeah, I forgot, forgot about that part. They're the ones that they're pushing for this like uh, one world government. Very familiar territory for Left Behind readers. Yeah. but like one world government, one currency, all that kind of thing. Huh. Um, it's just it's so, confusing because, like, biblically, seven is, like, the perfect number. Seven is, like, the God number. So it's interesting that they would use the seven as, like, the villain. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Right. I don't know. I don't know what's... Uh... So, yeah, anyway, like, this, you know... This book. Um, <laughs> towards, towards the end, there is this, like, cliffhanger-type scene where it very clearly at least to me as an eighth grader was like, Oh, this one, um, likable character has, uh, tried to save everyone and perishes. And then in the very next page, he's just like there and everyone's fine with it. And like, <laughs> like I, yeah, I did not understand. Work. Like that was my, uh, confrontation with writing that. I just it made no sense. So I'm sure if I, I, not that I would ever choose to, but I'm sure if I went back and looked through the others, there'd be some pretty choice uh, gems of terrible, terrible writing. Now, now look, I, I'm not one to tell you that you have to read more bad books, but it's a four, <laughs> it's a four book series, and you've read the first three. I just don't know if I could sit with that. I think you might have to read the. Edge I think I'm at yeah. I well, see, until today, I was like, I was trying to remember, I was trying to uh, jog my memory, and I went back and I looked, and I didn't even know that there was another one after this. Yeah, so I guess now to. I do have to. You do I gotta, have to. I'm sorry, but you do yeah. have to. Thanks for sharing. 
Mm-hmm. No problem. That maybe that that fourth book will be my get out of book rep card. Yeah, maybe, mm. maybe you'll get. What if it changes the whole thing? It puts three in a new perspective, and you're like, "Wait a minute! It was brilliant." <laughs> and I got feed, and if I don't mention feed by Maria Grant, uh, I've done myself a disservice. Okay. All right. It's All right. a zombie book. Year 2014. We I cured remember. cancer. We caught, beat the cold. It's a zombie book. Whatever. Zombies are out there, but it's uh, maybe we take care of the zombies. Uh, there's a guy on a political trail. Guess guess who are the heroes? Guess who are their heroes in this book? Who? The heroes are bloggers. Oh, That's boy. right. Because I know I just quoted my own blog, but never once have I written my blog being like, wow, I can't wait till I save the world by blogging. But I these don't know. people... I- I wrote a pretty good uh, review of the Stephen King Drew Barrymore film uh, Firestarter, and I, I want to, I want to say mm. it did, it did no. put some good back into the world. So this book <laughs> came out in 2010. So like, uh, she's Maria Grant is definitely chasing the the blog thing that yeah. happened right before the podcast thing yes. made blogs uh, not a thing. Yeah, and 2010 Twitter became... is a bit of a dead zone yeah. for blogs, right? Yeah. I mean that's. These characters are on the and <laughs> the characters are on this campaign trail with this uh, person running for president. They're bloggers because people trust bloggers because they're unaffiliated and they were telling the truth about the zombie problem at the beginning. Sure. And so now they're they're the ones going on this trail and they're they're the heroes. And it just feels so. Oh, she's just trying to make actual bloggers read this book and like she's just force feeding them this like you're good what you do is important yeah. you you're smart this is great wonderful it's just it's so demeaning in ways that she's not trying to make it do because it's just i and well, it's it, it's boring af <laughs> 600, 600 pages 600 pages of that of just a camp trail with block i thought this was gonna be cool i thought it was gonna be like a fun i read this for halloween i read it i finished it october 30th i remember yeah i remember this time and i i don't know if i fully finished it i just remember being in my car being like this won't end this won't ever end halloween it ruined halloween for you almost Uh, gosh you know your uh your your bloggers writing for bloggers does remind me of a frequent criticism that we've voiced over the years that oftentimes it feels like books angling for an award are written a little bit so that librarians are like yeah you know what i am a superhero <laughs> and yeah. that always irritates yes. me too. this this was a blogger writing for bloggers yeah. and it was not good i hated it i i, I think my re- my review on wow. goodreads ends with i feel cheated out of a zombie book yikes happy halloween so however i read her book parasite that came out in 2013 and it was nominated for uh, Hugo, I believe. And that's why I had read it, but I felt like it kind of, it wasn't YA, but it felt like if Michael Crichton was writing a book for YA, hmm. which I guess is a bit of a critique, but also I felt like was kind of a compliment when I thought of it. Okay. Um, I enjoyed for the most part parasite by Maria Grant, but feed made me give up hope in humanity. Okay. So, All right. I was is like, that... this is what we're writing. Uh, right. And comic book-wise... Oh, I, I didn't even count comic books. <laughs> I, I won't. I, I haven't given too many, but comic book-wise, Bruce Jones' Hulk run ended on one-star notes, and as did uh, Chuck Austin's Uncanny X-Men series, which I had been reading by the issue when it was coming out. So I remember that crap. And also Jurassic Park Redemption, because 
I hated it. The oh, art is horrible. Yeah. Fighting is stupid. It made me so angry. Yeah, that's a that's a rough read. <laughs> You're right. Ben, do you have any more that you want to share? Yeah, I'll, I'll do just one more. Okay. Um, <laughs> let, let me I'm going to pound through my lightning yeah. round then, and I'll. Uh, yeah, I'll turn I have some I... plays. I have some plays. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. I talk about. It's a real pylon. Sam Shepard's Fool for Love and Other Plays. I hated. I I was in this mood where I was looking for cool plays. Hated it. He played Doc yeah. Porter in Crimes of the Heart, and so did you, Eric. You guys are connected. <laughs> I know. Well, his collection of plays, I hated. Wow. Visit to a Small Planet by Gore Vidal. It's a play. Hated it. It was trying to be funny. I don't know. It was written in 1956. Huh. If this was humor in 1956, then it's then we should not be trying to recreate the 50s America. Read Visit to a Small <laughs> well, Planet, and this is what you're trying to recreate. Very true, yeah. Uh, and then... <laughs> Uh, the Tempest by William Shakespeare. Wow. 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 And now I'm done. Oh, oh wait, guy. Joanne Fluke's Christmas Cake Murder. But we did a whole episode on we that. We did a whole episode on that. Okay, this is, this is, I'm going to save one more to talk about, mm-hmm. and I'm going to give you my lightning round. Okay, here they are. <laughs> Pretty Girls by Karen Slaughter. Terrible. Ugly book that was really just like, look at how much we can torture these characters. Look at the anguish these characters are going through. Isn't this deep? No, it's trashy, Karen Slaughter. Uh, Santa Cruz, A Holiday Mystery by Mary Higgins-Clark and Carol Higgins-Clark, but mostly by Carol Higgins-Clark. Hey, Mom, let's get all of our recurring characters together on a cruise ship and have a terrible time for Christmas. Horrible book. Finally, The Maze Runner by James Dasher. And let me tell you, I've read a lot of these type of books and liked them all. City of Ember, anything by Suzanne Collins. Like, I've read a lot of these kind of books and usually like them. But The Maze Runner, with all their made-up language and their nonsensical plot that never, never moves forward. Terrible book. I hated it. That's my lightning Mm -hmm. round. Ben, take it away. Uh, Sure. I just... (laughs) That, uh, That last one, that Maze Runner one... Uh, it's probably my you're you're the road or something because people love the Maze Runner it. and it's still one that like kids just come Nothing. in and asking for it like it's now just one of those that like kids are just constantly coming in like i've been reading something i want to read the maze runner now yeah the thing with maze runner nothing happens in that first book like it's just there's no progression in the constant like made up slang that they have is just it's like being buried alive reading that book i enjoyed the uh <laughs> the movie I enjoyed the movie <laughs> Maze Runner 1. Yeah, I like the movie, but, too. The movie's fine, but that book, oh. The second movie was oh. like, hey, what's a cool scene from the Lost World Jurassic Park? Yeah. Can we steal it 100%? Sure. And then by the end of the Maze Runner movie series, though, it's like, I don't even, it's unrecognizable. I don't even know what's happening anymore. It's become well, a totally got hit different by a thing. Car. Yeah. All right, Ben, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm done interrupting. <laughs> I'm going to have a Dorito and be quiet. <laughs> no it's okay I, I just have one more um i actually did give it two stars on goodreads but i feel like in retrospect i would definitely give it one. Oh, i don't know a demotion okay yeah yeah um it is the only book i've ever purchased in an airport bookshop um oh. and it is oh boy <laughs> eric hold on hold on i know we're not supposed to interrupt ben anymore eric that's a perfect that is a perfect topic books purchased on yeah, like yeah. airports well, or for you but i've only ever bought one Huh. I can see it was the, next. I can see this beautiful segment just falling apart before me. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it was next by Michael Crichton, and that was the only time I ever bought a book on an airport. Great. Now we ruined that one, too. All right. Go ahead, <laughs> go ahead Ben. Well, uh, this book is One Day by uh, David Nichols. Um, okay. it, did, it did receive a film adaptation, um, but the basic premise is that it follows two characters over the course of 20 years, but only focusing on one day a year. Um, the 15th of July, which is uh, St. Slytherin's Day, 
Um, and it basically, it's just the development oh, yeah. of their relationship over 20 years. Uh, I, I don't know. I just, I didn't find the characters particularly charming. I wanted kind of like a, a light read and it's just very, uh, the, the, force structure of it makes it super clumsy mm. um and i don't know i found it pretty soap opera ish and it's this whole like will they won't they will they won't they like for hundreds of pages and then i'm going to spoil this book if you don't know about it okay um, ah. so if All you're right. interested if you're interested in reading or watching one day this is going to be a major spoiler after 20 years spoilers spoilers after 20 years, they finally get together, uh-huh. um, and then Emma, the uh, female protagonist, gets hit by a bus, and that's the book. Jeez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so, that it's just, dumb. like, hundreds of pages of melodrama, and then, like, yeah, I, yeah, it was not, not great. Mm-hmm. So, that's all. One okay. day, one star. All right. One star for one day. One day, the movie did not fare well. It has a 36% on Rotten Tomato. And it says, despite some fresh narrative twist, one day lacks emotion, depth, or insight of the on its best-selling source material. So this this it, movie review thinks the book is better, starring Anne Hathaway. Well, and I, I read some like review Jim blurbs, Stewart. and somebody was you know critically lauding the book, like saying it was a, a super great example of British social satire. So like maybe there's something that I'm not like maybe like I'm just not socially conscious that way, but and there's something I'm missing. But I, yeah, I did not enjoy it. Well, uh, my final here is another one that we did for a library book club. So maybe maybe that's the problem. It, you know? it most <laughs> definitely is. Okay. Uh, and that is The Circle by Dave Eggers. So it's the only book by Dave Eggers oh, that I've yeah. ever read. So I don't I don't want to, like, condemn Dave Eggers, the author. Uh, because I have seen the movie, The Hologram for the King, which I thought was great. I loved it. And I actually, you know, really wanted to read that book. And I also wanted to read Monk of Mocha. He's got a lot of stuff that looks really intriguing to me. The problem for me with this book, and there was a movie with Tom Hanks and Emma Watson as well. Mm-hmm. The, this book is sort of like a, a Google-esque company or like a googly facebooky kind of company and like an intern that comes in and sort of realizes like there's no such thing as privacy and and it's just to me like if this book had been written in like 1987 it would have been like this really prescient piece of fiction that is looking forward to something that like could one day happen but this was like yeah we know this happened 10 years ago like we we know Mm -hmm. what you're not exposing anything you (laughs) know so to me it was just like you know, maybe for, like, people who don't know that, like, maybe an older crowd who is, like, not good online might be like, oh, I'm sure, one. yeah. But, like, reading this book, I just kept, like, looking back to the title page, being like, when was this written? Because it's written like speculative fiction, but it's actually just nonfiction. Like, now, <laughs> you know? And that maybe would have been okay if the author had something to say about that. But I feel like the whole thing was just going for sort of a shock value, like this could happen in the near future. And it just seemed really, really tone deaf and out of touch with like what's actually happening. And it's not to say that the things that it talks about aren't like dangerous and worth considering. It's just, that's not speculative fiction. You know what I mean? That's just the world that we live in. So like, you know, yeah, no, the (laughs) the movie had all the same critiques. Like everybody was like, what is this movie for? Exactly. Like, yeah. it, did did the people working on this not see uh, the social network? Like who who what weird yeah. person is like guys 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 social media? 
Yeah. Be careful. I know. <laughs> I know. That's it. That's. I mean, listen. That's not it. I have a lot more one star reviews in yeah. here, but uh, yeah. that's that's gonna have to do it for this time. Because now we can come back. You know, Ben, you're gonna have to go and hate some more books. So the next yeah. time right. we talk about I will this, give it a shot. More, so. Maybe Brian Michael Bendis' that, uh... Secret War was absolute garbage. <laughs> Ben, I, I really do think, and uh, you know, you're you're outvoted on this that I think you do have to read The Edge of Darkness, book four of Tim LaHaye's Babylon Rising. I just think I just think you need you owe it to yourself and, you, and frankly you owe it to Tim LaHaye and Bob Phillips, <laughs> I think, to, to finish that out. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give it a shot. I'll okay. see if I can I, uh, I think the you, library loan it or yeah, something. I think you probably yeah. should give that a shot. Eric, uh, exciting birthday plans in the time of the Rona? Anything uh, anything <sighs> no, in the works? No, I I don't want to do anything. Understood. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want. I mean, obviously, where I could go is limited, anyways. But sure. no, I don't want to do a dang thing. Okay. Uh, which probably isn't great. Isn't a great example of my mental state these days. No, <laughs> that on my thirty-four no. birthday, I'm just like, don't do anything. Can we just you, stay home and not do anything? You said thirty-four like it was a milestone, and it's not. And secondly, I feel like most thirty-four-year-olds are just sort of be like, yeah, whatever, it's my birthday. Oh, so well, maybe maybe, maybe maybe you're just catching up to the rest of us. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's, maybe uh, it's not a harbinger of doom. No, I don't have any plans. If Kendra has any plans, I am unaware of them. Okay. There were things I would have wanted to do. In fact, I was supposed to have gone to see uh, Matchbox 20 and the Wallflowers yeah. do a joint concert for my birthday. I mean, they weren't doing it for my birthday, yeah. but it was it felt <laughs> when like you it was said for that, my it birthday. sounded like we got together and hired those two bands to do a concert for but you. We didn't. No, it, it, it didn't work out because of. Uh, so I guess if that's the worst I have to deal with right now, but still, no, nothing planned. I don't know. Maybe I'll. I really want some chocolate cake, I guess. I yeah, just like chocolate cake. Yeah. I haven't had a good, just like straight up chocolate cake. Like, for a good chocolate cake, it needs to, like, it needs. People are going to hate this, but it needs to be a really moist chocolate cake. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I just, think, listen, I think the. The uh, the unwillingness to hear the word moist, I think that goes out the window when talking about cake because you do need that. You need yeah, that. Yeah, I it's think needed. other cakes can get away with it, but a chocolate cake with a really good chocolate frosting, nobody wants a dry chocolate cake. No. You want it to be moist. You do. You need it. And that's that's it. Also, Daredevil End of Days by Brian Michael Bendis, <laughs> Avengers The Children Crusade by Alan Heinberg, and Year One Batman Ra's al Ghul all get one stars. Wow. Okay. Any Justice League book from Rebirth gets one stars, but that's it. We gotta, oh, snap! <laughs> we gotta cut it. We gotta cut yeah. it there. All right. Uh, ben, Alan I mean, Grant's Batman Anarchy. I hated oh, it. Oh. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, then, thank you for uh, for continuing the tradition of joining us for the Eric birthday episode. Yeah, yeah sure. Thanks for having me. Uh, oh, just Eric was a little surprised. He was a little, You were surprised, weren't you, Eric? Yeah, I was. Yeah, see? There you go. Uh, remember, for <laughs> library news, we're winding down on the summer reading program. We do have a, a special Star Trek book club uh, and really just kind of a Star Trek hang that we're going to do out on the front lawn, which sounds super cool, I know. <laughs> but uh, we're reading the book Dark Mirror by Diane Duane, and we're we're going to do the book club outside mm. with snacks. And if you haven't read the book but want to just come and, like, chat about Star Trek with us, join us. That's that's August Star 18th. Star Trek hang. Yep, yep. Uh, and, of course, curbside still going on at the library, so put your requests in any way you want. Pick them up at the auditorium entrance. That's all been going really well. We've seen a lot of stuff coming through there. Uh, so it's exciting to be able to do that uh, while we can. So hope you're taking advantage of that. But other than that, I think this is going to be a wrap on the Eric birthday episode for this huh. year on uh, the All the Book Show. Ben, you want to take us out? Sure. Sure.